Welcome to the Social Practice Podcast. My name is Mary Robb, and I am here today with Savannah Saucedo, Client Experience Manager and Partnership Development Team Lead. Woo! Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you. Oh my gosh. So, Savannah, tell us all about yourself. Tell us where you're from, where you grew up, where you went, where you went to school, what you majored in, yeah. all the things. Um, well, I grew up just a little bit outside of Dallas in Coppell, Texas, and then I went to Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes! Um, I graduated <laughs> with a major in strategic communication and then two minors in management and marketing. Wow. I was kind of figuring out my way while I was in college. I went into it thinking I wanted to do a double major in sports management and marketing. Oh, that's cool. Big sports girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then I figured out it wasn't for me. And I wanted to kind of pursue something that allowed me to do more of like a storytelling creative aspect to marketing and more with the social media mindset of it. And so I found strategic communication and just absolutely fell in love with it. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm really curious then, because leading into those majors and you had a major, two minors. Yeah. So you were just an achiever. So what were you like growing up and how do you feel like that translates now into what you're doing today? Yeah, I am incredibly competitive. I always have been. Yeah. I grew up with a sister that was like two years older than me. And so I think that kind of played into it. We were close enough in age to where I wanted to be on the same level as her. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to be able, I played sports when I was younger. Yeah. I played basketball and soccer mainly. I tried a bunch of different things, but I, she played soccer also. And so I wanted to be able to play on her level and play with her team, even though she was two years older than me, which I was able to do, which was incredible. And I think that kind of fueled into me wanting to kind of always be goal oriented in everything that I did. And now looking at it, I think it kind of plays with what my role is here, not necessarily in the client experience role, but now that I've been able to kind of evolve and delve more into the sales and business development side of things, I'm able to kind of set those goals for me and yeah. chase after them yeah. um, in so many different ways that I think kind of play off of what I was like when I was younger too. That is so cool. I love that you were athletic too. And even just the, the thought that you were going to go into sports management is really neat. Um, but yeah, being in a sales revenue focused role is definitely great for anybody that's goal oriented. Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself motivated to hit those goals once you've set them for yourself? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it really doesn't take a lot. I feel like I set them in front of me and if I am not on track to get them, then I get mad at myself and I feel like I'm like not doing my best. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very high when it comes to like the Enneagram. I'm a big achiever. Like that's uh -huh. just kind of how I am. And so with that, I kind of have to organize things in a way to make sure that I can set it out. So I know for the before I kind of stepped into more of the partnership development role, we had sales goals to be meeting for just the client experience side of things. And so yeah. I set a goal to be at a specific um, revenue that I'd be managing by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I mapped out how much I would need to be growing when it came on to how many accounts I needed to be taking on yeah. um, on a monthly basis. And so that really helped me kind of realize if I'm on track, if I was veering from being on track and kind of lights a fire under your butt to yeah. make sure that you're holding yourself accountable. I love that. And, you know, it's so funny. You were the first one to come to me with a beautiful spreadsheet <laughs> month by month with your goals. And I was like, 
you have a future in sales. <laughs> so it was so <laughs> fun. When you brought that to me, I was just like, oh my gosh. Yes. I am obsessed. I love yes. it. Um, but it's so true. Whenever you get your goal actually on paper, at that point, it's like, this is real. Yeah. I have to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. I'm such a big believer in really like clearly either writing down your goals or even vision boarding. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge believer in. So yes. I love that you did that. And um, I just, there's so much that you're going to be able to do. So with your role now and just where you're wanting to go, what do you feel like is going to be your next big area of focus? I would say in the next year or two, just in your career, just in social practice. Definitely stepping more into the sales side of things. Um, I've been able to kind of, like I said, evolve my role from just client experience and managing those accounts and kind of being like consulting them on what they need to be doing for social media and helping execute that through our campaigns. But now with the sales side of things, my goal is to kind of start getting more comfortable and really build up just pitching what we do in our services and helping people understand the importance of social media within a business. Um, really kind of getting more experience in that area. And then also seeing what we can also bring to the table, what other services we can be bringing. I know that we just recently have been launching paid ads um, based off of some conversations that we've had with some of our clients. And so I kind of want to be able to pick their brains and see what else, what other services we need to be bringing on um, to make sure that we're staying up to date with what is trending and what is performing well when it comes to social media. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We are, we are definitely, we have a lot on the radar and even just your idea of building a conference at some point in mm -hmm. the future is, is one thing. So lots and lots of things on the radar. So to switch gears just a little bit, um, moving into social media specifically, have well, let's also talk about aesthetics. We're going to tie the two together. <laughs> so I'm going to start with what are some of your favorite favorite aesthetic procedures? Oh, my gosh. Botox for sure. Uh -huh. 100%. That just comes to my mind. And I want to make sure I'm doing it in a way that's not freezing my face, but I want it to be done conservatively. Like I want my face to stay young, mm -hmm. but I want to be able to still show emotions. I'm a very enthusiastic person and I want that to show through in my face. And so that's something that's super important to me is like finding those right um, providers that are going to kind of not only force their opinions on me, but kind of hear me out and what I'm wanting mm -hmm. and then guide me because they're the experts. And so I kind of want them to be able to help me figure out what I want just based off of my goals. Yeah. Which speaking of, you know, whenever you're looking to choose a provider to go get Botox from or any aesthetic procedure from, whenever you're doing your research, your due diligence, what are some things that you're looking for on their social media channels mm -hmm. that help you make that decision if they're the right provider for you? Yeah, I would say definitely educational posts. Social media is such a great resource for like sharing um, information and just education in general. And so I feel like that kind of builds credibility for me if I see that they're educating me in areas that I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. And then also talking about if they have a similar mindset on the aesthetic space that I do. And so for me, it's very conservative. Um, and starting at an early age is not bad. I think starting earlier, the better. Mm -hmm. And so if they have that similar mindset and they um, want to kind of make sure that what they're doing are con is conservative and aligns with what the patient wants, then I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. And almost it's like, you know, you want them to preserve your natural beauty. Absolutely. And enhance the features that you already have. Totally. Without it looking like 
you know, you look like a completely different person. Yes. Or much wanted, older than you are. Yeah. My goal is always if I'm getting something done right now, I've just been experimenting with Botox and it's been my favorite, but I don't ever want to like have those results set in and then somebody be like, oh my gosh, I can totally tell she got something done. Yeah. I just want it to be like, oh my gosh, you look you look great. Yeah. Like, what have you done? Like, share your <laughs> secrets. Yeah. Um, that's always my mindset whenever I'm getting something done. So if we're thinking of aesthetic providers and practices, mm -hmm. and let's say they do want to target younger demographic, you know, people in their 20s, and mm -hmm. they're kind of at that entry-level age of just dipping their toe into aesthetics, what are some things that aesthetic providers should be thinking about whenever they're telling their story, whenever they're showing up and educating what are, what are things that they should be thinking about? What are things they should be sharing to that audience? I think it's making them feel comfortable around the idea of starting early. Like I started at 21 getting Botox. And I remember first when I heard somebody around a similar age to me getting it, I was like, that's so crazy. Like, why are they starting so young? Like nothing's wrong. And then I started noticing things in my face that was nobody else's fault. But I was like, oh, like this would be interesting to see if I if there's some sort of treatment that can help target that. Like I was really insecure about my lines on my forehead because like I said, I'm so expressive that I think I just had so many. And I was like, I wonder if there's a way to kind of help so that the, they don't turn into wrinkles when I get older because they're already starting right now. There would be creases in my makeup. Um, and so I think something that's really important that I've always heard and it was from an aesthetic practice is the age that you start getting this stuff done is going to be the age that your face is going to stay. And oh, so yeah. if I start at 21 and I start using great skincare products, mm -hmm. I start getting regular Botox, mm -hmm. then I want that 21 year old's face yeah. when I'm 51. Yeah. And so um, that was something that was really important. I think like rather than kind of shoving it in people's faces that they need to start early, but kind of like dropping those little pieces of information of like, but nobody wants to age and there's ways to do it in a conservative way of getting little baby Botox and getting maybe a smaller dosage and smaller amount of units in yeah. different areas, but you're still treating it so that those dark creases aren't going to like be defined yeah. years down the road because you are getting treated younger. Yeah. Um, so I think just like making them feel comfortable in the idea of it and educating them on it's not intimidating it's not scary if it's done in the right way yeah and just it's like the age gracefully right yes and i love 100%. the idea of them just kind of preserving their natural beauty they already have and mm -hmm. then if there are certain things that they're not in love with and maybe like a small enhancement would boost and elevate their personal self-confidence their self-esteem there are options and solutions for that absolutely so switching gears social media specific what do you love the most about social media oh my gosh I use it as a search engine. I don't know if anybody else does this. I love that. I am more inclined if I have a question about something, if I need to figure out the best way to get rid of gnats in my house, if I need to figure out the best workout for this, mm -hmm. I'm more inclined to look on social media than I am to Google something. Yep. And Same. it's incredible. I feel like I get instant results and I'm actually getting that word of mouth also, which mm -hmm. is always incredible rather than just reading a blog and not knowing what other people think and if it actually works or not. Yep. I'm hearing people suggest it and then they're able to kind of show the results in the same area. Yep. Um, so that's probably been my favorite thing is that it's such a great space to just share educational content and information and a way to also share the results and like testimonials about it. Yeah. You get immediate answers to yes. your burning questions. Yes. And I have so incredible. many questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I just love that answer. What do you dislike the most about social media? This is kind of more of a personal side of things rather than business. But I think my least favorite thing is how easy it is to start comparing to other people, Mm -hmm. whether that be looks, whether that be stages of life that we're in. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so, so easy to get into your head and especially working in social media. Mm -hmm. I think that was something I really struggled in after graduating and finding that full-time job that was within this industry was I started reading way too into the analytics of my personal page. And I had Mm -hmm. to start placing boundaries on, it doesn't matter the amount of likes that I'm getting on here. Like, this is for fun. I'm just posting stuff for my personal self. And so I shouldn't be looking into the ROI and the analytics of my post. It's the competitive nature in me. It is the competitive nature in me. And it just bleeds through in so many different areas. And so Mm -hmm. I decided I was like, I need to place boundaries of I'm not going to be looking at my likes. I'm not going to be showing my likes to anybody. I'm also going to be hiding everybody else's likes. And so there were little things that I had to do. I also had to start realizing like this person I'm following, the content that they're posting, how does it make me feel? Yeah. And then looking at that, and seeing how it makes me feel decides on if I need to be following them or not. And if yeah. I don't, then that's okay. I just shouldn't be following them. And even if I think it's something that maybe I could grow out of, then I just mute them for a period of time. But it's just, it's so easy to get in your head and be like, well, like this person is at this stage in their life. And so I need to be there too, because we're similar ages or mm-hmm. this person looks like that. Their teeth are so white. How did they get like that? Or like, yeah. oh my gosh, their body, like they look so fit. Why am I not like this? Like it's, yeah. it can be so easy and so true triggering that I was like, it's really important to find those boundaries that you need a place so that social media can be a healthy space for you rather than just constant comparisons. Yeah. I love that you were able to figure that out. And it's just like you have this established level of mindfulness around social media usage, which is so, so important. And it's so easy to just use it mindlessly and just use it as a way Mm -hmm. to fill the gaps whenever you're bored or whenever you're waiting on something. But it is so true that it can be extremely triggering. It can be, it can get you really stuck in like a rabbit hole of comparison, imposter syndrome, all the things. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great perspective and just good things for people to be aware of. Mm -hmm. So switching gears a little bit, (laughs) whenever you are not at the office, since we're here twice a week, what's your favorite place to work? So I have this cozy little nook in my house that I work from and it's like a room extended from my bedroom and it's kind of like a closet space but I've turned it into like my office and my favorite thing about it is I can like close the blinds and turn off all the lights and just have like this moody space that I'm working in and I I love to work in (laughs) not in like the pitch dark but I love to have like no overhead lighting and if anything I have like a little lamp that I turn on but it's so relaxing that I can like leave the doors open to my bedroom and then my dog is just like right there on the bed which is incredible and so I have everything that I love like right there (laughs) during the workspace I'm getting all my work done I'm in the dark my dog is there like it's just it's the perfect little space okay can you tell us a little bit about your dog oh my god I've been waiting for you to ask me (laughs) yeah so he's like a year and a half his name is Maverick and he's a Doberman he is the sweetest thing ever everybody's always intimidated by him when we go on walks and everything but he is I promise you like the sweetest little cuddle bug like this morning I woke up and he was his head was across my chest because he just wants to be as close as possible to me and he's just the sweetest um and he's like my favorite person I just talk to him all the time because I live by myself and so I'm like yes he's my favorite person (laughs) sorry to my fiance Christian (laughs) he's not a dog he's a human yes he's a human he's a human all dogs are humans oh my gosh but he's just incredible he's this little cuddle bug so 
I love to be around him every time I can. (laughs) (laughs) So another one more personal question. What's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Lately, it's been reality TV. I love watching it. It's been like my favorite thing ever. I just rewatched all of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and oh, started watching the Kardashians after that. Yeah, because yes. I had watched it, but I wanted to rewatch it again because it's just so entertaining. Yes. Lately, I've been into dating reality TV. So I just finished Love Island USA season five. Okay, great. Okay, great ending. Um, and I just started Love Is Blind last oh. night. Oh my gosh. You <laughs> know what I'm supposed to be about Yes, it I'm was obsessed. The new season came out yesterday, and so I was like, "Well, I just oh. need to hop back on it." So. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's juicy. And it's, it's in been Houston, great. Texas. Yes. Got to represent. Yes, you know? exactly. I mean, Dallas is better. Sorry. 100%. Um, no but... doubt about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's good. Okay. So what is your favorite part about working at social practice? I think my favorite thing, besides just like the culture, I'm not used to working in an office. Like my, my previous job, we were remote full time and the team oh. was in... Oklahoma or Austin or Dallas, like we were spread all over the place. And so there weren't really many opportunities to be in person and bond with your company. So that's one thing that I've loved here. But I think the other aspect of it that I love is the fact that everybody works so collaboratively and our creativity is inspiring to everybody else's ideas. And we're so receptive and open-minded. And so we kind of just build off of each other whenever we're working. And we're like, well, I think this would be a great idea. And we're like, oh my gosh, well, let's do this. And then we can add this to it also. Yes, It's just very motivating and inspiring. I agree. I love the group chats on Instagram (sighs) and in Slack. And then we all just get very excited. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, we (laughs) we all create momentum for each other. It's a lot of energy sometimes, but. Oh my gosh, the more the better. I just don't think it should be any other way. No, not at all. (laughs) So what is the best way to keep up with you? Oh my gosh, I don't have to tell you. Voice memos are my yes. favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with them. Yes. I'll send people like 15 minute voice memos and like apologizing every two minutes that I'm still going. <laughs> but then I find more things that I want to talk about. So those are always the best because sometimes my mind is just working so fast and I don't know how to type it all into a text. And yeah. so it's so much easier just to have a conversation with your phone and send it over to the person. <laughs> I agree. And I mean, you are a communications major. Yes. You are a communications girly. Yes. You want to talk. Of course. We have things that we want to share. Yes, of course. Love that. So those are my, that's probably my favorite. And then just like keeping up with me over Instagram is probably yeah. the social media that I update the most with like my current events and what I'm going through. So yeah, definitely Instagram and then voice memos if you have some juicy tea that you want to spill with me. There's always juicy tea every Always. There's always. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. That was so fun. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Good. (laughs) Well, thanks y'all so much for tuning in. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye, guys. Bye.